We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 462. Today, we're brought to you by Deal Dash. Go check them out. Use promo code BRONX20, and you get 100 free bids. Now, that's a damn good deal. Scott, Yankees best team in baseball. I, I'm, I'm, let's, there's baseball happening, and right now, they're the best team in baseball. Best I'm offense focused, in baseball. on that. Best offense in baseball and Garrett Cole. <laughs> so you're saying that's the team? I think well, every Yankees fan was mentally prepared for that as we were entering 2020. Yeah, pretty close to it. The bullpen's been pretty good too, actually. So I think that the team itself, there's really just one one area that's uh, that's been that's been dragging, but that's okay because you know what? Aaron Judge is the best baseball player on the face of this planet right now. The guy is unconscious, uh, cannot cannot miss cannot miss a baseball, let alone you know not hit a home run. You can't miss a baseball. There's been so Aaron Judge since 2007, 2017, he was a top three baseball player in the league. Yep. A- across the, you know, any metric you can kind of you can search for high and low, Aaron Judge was there, whether it was war, WRC plus, or just traditional home runs, RBIs, etc. He didn't win the MVP. He did win the uh rookie of the year. I'm not gonna rehash all that stuff. People are still butthurt about it. You know what? Just get over it. But 2018, 2019, Judge was battling through injuries. 
He missed some time, but he was still valuable. And I feel like Yankees fans were like, well, he's still good because look at his, look what he's doing in the field. He's providing defensive value. And when you add it all up, it's still a solid season. But we haven't seen this version of Aaron Judge where every time he steps to the plate, the other pitcher soils himself and the ball is about to go 455 feet. We haven't seen that version of Aaron Judge since 2017. This is this is it feels like the 2016 version of Gary Sanchez where you walk up to the box and you're just expecting, you know, a, a ball that's completely barreled up perfectly and is going to be hit, you know, 100 miles an hour off the bat. You just expect that at this point. He's putting he's definitely putting the fear of God in these guys. If you miss with a fastball, you're done. That's it. You're done. Don't put a fastball over the plate for Judge uh, even at a remote time that he's potentially thinking about that because it's going to be hit to the moon. And and right now there are way too many pitchers missing their spots and, and, and frankly, just putting fastballs over the plate and he's making every single one of them pay for it. And I love it because now, you know, he's that, again, we've always been concerned about his health more because he's just not been able to prove that he could stay on the field. There's a lot of, there's a lot of time left, even though we're in a short season, but when he's on the field and when he's healthy, I think we're seeing similar attributes to what Stanton looks like when these guys are healthy and on the field. They're, you know, the best tandem and and just unbelievably lethal hitters. Yeah, and it's it's fair to say, well, he still has to stay healthy because in reality, it is only eight games so far. And we don't know if he's going to make it through the 60 game schedule, never mind 160 game schedule in a normal right. season. But right now what we're watching, it is a lot of fun. It's it's um. Like you said, it was kind of like that Gary Sanchez 2016 where you're just like, okay, how many how many hitters until Gary Sanchez is up again? How many hitters until Aaron Judge is up again? You start to sense it when his he's like in 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 uh double on deck. When he's in the hole, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> the pitcher's already eyeing that because he doesn't want to have to face Judge right now with the way he's swinging. But guess what? The beautiful part about this entire thing is that DJ's in front of him. DJ LeMahieu, one of the best pure hitters in baseball right now. Is is the guy in front of him? So you you can't just try to either pitch around the guy behind him. You can't like you know just attack him because he's not going to take anything you know that he's not supposed to. He's not going to do more than he should. DJ, I'm talking about before judges up. He's just going to get on base, and DJ will slap the ball to the right field. Just put the ball in play and get on base. Like that's that's the he has the ability to do that. So he's actually a, a perfect person. Uh, a perfect batter to have up right before him um, in the lineup. And then when you have a, when, when Stanton's hot, when you have a guy like Stanton who's hot still, and he's still smoking the ball, ground ball up the middle yesterday that was, you know, hit over, over 100 miles off the bat, just positioned well uh, by the defense. Like the guy is, is protected and he's got someone in front of him who can get on base. Well, yeah, I think we need Glaber Torres to start hitting because yeah. that's sort of something that even I know you, I know you hate A-Rod but he actually did make a couple good points last night in the broadcast it's that why are the Red Sox pitching to Aaron Judge in in some of those situations Glaber Torres is completely lost at the plate right now and Aaron Judge is probably the hottest hitter in baseball what are you doing messing around because you're putting yourself in a position now of of, of just complete danger if you're if you're trying to work around Lemayhu and Judge, and you're or, or just Judge, and you're getting yeah, you're not working. Stanton, DJ was already on base, and I think, but but you're so now you're putting on two 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 more two base runners for Glaber Torres, who 
you know, at any second, it's going to click, yeah, and then but, you got more damage behind him. So it's a it's a tough pill to swallow if you're uh, if you're a pitcher or an opposing manager trying to strategize around that, especially or even if Glaber is you know not off to to the greatest start. True, but also Buck Showalter walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded because Barry Bonds was that good. We're not there yet. Barry Bonds also didn't have these guys around him. He didn't have well, Stanton you, two guys Jeff away. Kent, you don't, you don't respect Jeff Torres. Kent. Jeff Kent's a Hall of Famer borderline. Or did he make it last year? I have no clue. Did he make it? I know he was damn close if he didn't. His numbers. I know he stole I know he stole an MVP from Barry Bonds. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that there's so much protection around him right now that you can't really do that. Yeah. And um the lineup. Boston's pitching is garbage. Good damn, they are bad. They are so freaking bad. I, I, I'm I'm shocked that they rolled out with these guys. And I know Sale was is injured, and um, Rodriguez. He's not going to pitch. Had, they already. He's they not, they already yeah, they, yeah. Not, they they put him out for the season, which was, you know, as I'm looking at it through my lens, the very smart move. But the uh, you can't walk into the season expecting anything from Sale. They, they essentially walked into the season with Nathan Avaldi. And and Rodriguez, I'll I'll give him that as far as the plans go, but there was nothing else there. You right. can't expect anything from Sale. We knew he wasn't going to pitch long if he did at all. Yeah, and it's like you even see Barnes. Like Barnes has good stuff in the bullpen last night, but he hangs a slider to Judge, and it it's hit to the bleachers. Right. So you, you make one mistake, and that's sort of how the game is right now. You make one mistake to good hitters. And it's it's out of the ballpark. We saw it, it was like, going both ways. Right, it yeah. Was going like both Michael ways King makes two mistakes. I thought Michael King was actually pretty solid last night, except for the two mistakes he made: one to Bogarts and one to Devers, and the balls were crushed. Yeah, that luckily, Devers ball was demolished. Luckily, nobody on base, and it didn't it didn't end up killing him. But this lineup right now never feels like it's out of it, and it's. I'm happy that. Uh, who was it that that broke the streak with the double RBI double? Was it Sanchez or Gio? I forget who was hitting first last night. But there was um, a streak of twenty consecutive runs via the home run. Yeah, double. I mean, uh, Gary Sanchez drove in a run with a double. Right. So he broke that streak of twenty consecutive runs via the home run, and I feel silly complaining about it. But at the same time, it wouldn't be you. No, but also, aren't you a little like annoyed by that? Like, oh, I kind of because they're leaving runners on base. We saw it with Voit. In uh, the second inning, I think it was, or the third inning, bases loaded, and he's up there swinging out of his shoes, and he strikes out. So we see them failing. You know why they're actually going position. back and and trying to hit these home runs? I mean, they, they actually talked about this last night. It was they had a couple of pretty decent conversations actually, which is very surprising um, on, on air. But that ball that Stanton hit up the middle, that's that that was a single every single day, every single year, anytime baseball has ever been played. I don't care what decade you're in. doesn't matter what level of baseball you're in. It's a base hit every single time. If you hit a ball 100 miles an hour off the bat, directly up the middle, through the pitcher's legs, it's a base hit into center field every time. And in this particular instance, it was not. It was a <clears throat> a, a ground ball that was fielded. It was a good play because it was hits very hard, but it was fielded and he was thrown out. And that is why they have changed their, their mentality in a lot of ways. The ground ball is very difficult to get through 
It's it's harder than it ever has been to get a ground ball through for a base hit. So they they up the launch angle. They they're swinging for the fences a little bit more because when the ball's in the air, especially now with what we know about this ball, it's going further than it usually than it had in the past. And these guys can hit it pretty hard. So I guess so they're 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 trying to do that. So it doesn't bother me as much anymore. Uh, we've we've had this conversation a thousand times. Do I think it's a better product on the field when balls are getting hit for doubles around the and we got guys running? Yeah, I do. I think it's a better product. It's more exciting. It's fun. You sprinkle in the home run ball uh, with with all the other action. Yes, I, I love that type of baseball. But I, I I'm starting to get to the point where I don't blame them for for you know looking at what the nerds have presented them and saying, hey, you can either do this or you can roll the dice with you know every Joe Madden copycat out there trying to steal your base hits, or you could get the ball in the air because the ball is going an extra 15 feet and try to hit home runs. Yeah, no, I get, I know, I know exactly why it's happening. And when you have Luke Voigt at the plate, yeah, I guess maybe that is the right strategy to maximize your odds at scoring the most runs is have Luke Voigt up there swinging as hard as he can. But it's great that they have a couple guys in the lineup, at least DJ LeMahieu as an example, where you can't shift. And he had two hits to the right side last night. One of them uh, to score the tying run after Talkman stole. It was a, that eighth inning, was, great. was was beautiful. Talkman gets on with a walk, a two-out walk. He steals a base, which is smart because if he gets thrown out, well, then you have LeMahieu and Judge to lead off the ninth inning. But he doesn't get thrown out. He's actually a sneaky good base stealer. I was going to say that. This week I've been watching him. The the leads that he's been taking off first base. To There was a, a ball that I think was fouled off uh, yesterday, not yesterday, on Saturday. And... I mean, he easily had the, the bag stolen. You could just see out of the corner. Yeah, he had a huge jump. He's he's definitely. I agree with you. I I, I didn't realize how. Uh, and, and if you notice, Boone's trying to get him into the game and at bats as much as possible. Like last night, he came in for Andujar defense, who made an error in left field. Like, did we really need to send Andujar to left field to know he can't field a ground ball? It's fine. So he comes in, but he gets an at-bat late in the game, and Boone's trying to get him into the lineup as much as possible because he just hasn't had the reps and he hasn't been able to get into any kind of a groove at, right yeah. at all. But he steals, LeMahieu singles, Judge hits the bombs. It was a great eighth inning. But um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But You were talking about I, the excitement. The, the oh, well, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I was... I get a little annoyed that they were only scoring via the home run, and I get it. It's the strategy to maximize runs. And against the Baltimore Orioles, who have shitty pitching, and against the Red Sox, who have shittier pitching, if you can believe it or not, over the course of a season, whether it's 60 or 162 games, you're going to maximize your odds. You're going to score a boatload of runs. You're going to win a boatload of games. But then when you distill it down into the most important games against the best pitching in October, I don't know if that strategy is going to work. We have not seen it work for the Yankees the last few years. That's all I'm saying. No, I mean it's 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 completely valid. I think it's kind of the basis of the point is that once you get once you get into the the better competition, once you get guys who understand what you're doing as well and can effectively uh, combat that with really good stuff and good location and just you know good pitch selection from catcher to to pitcher in in big situations, then yes, it's it becomes a much more difficult thing to do. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 valid for sure, and and but it also makes sense on the other side too. So you know. I don't, and this has been the MO of the Yankees for, you know, as long as we can remember. It's been, it, this has been the MO for a very long time, for even before all these kids came up. Like, this was where it started trending. When the, when some of our veterans started to get older, when, when the, when the, the Jeters, uh, the, the class of Jeter started to get older and trend into, you know, their, their later 30s, 
this is what we started to see. We started to see some of those guys just start trying to launch the ball. Not Jeter, but a lot of them tried to just pick it up and, and get the ball in the air. So Yeah, I mean, Teixeira, once he realized that his 300 batting average was impossible with the right. shift, and he's now a 2 230, 240 hitter, right. and short porch is right batting there. Batting average does not matter, Andrew. Um, so, and the Yankees have are seven to one. They're the best team in baseball. They have the best record in baseball, in my opinion, despite some things not working. Like the rotation, other than Garrett Cole, has been bad. And, and I Jordan know Montgomery's been good uh, one time out, but he was good. Montgomery was out was good in the first. Uh, I liked how he got out of jams with a couple double plays. Uh, two of them on the ground. One of them, thanks to Aaron Judge's cannon in right field, but and and stupid base running. Don't. <laughs> Stupid base running by Pilar. But like Paxton has been the glaring weakness in the rotation. I'm not I'm not even going to include really Tanaka because he's just getting work at this point. They they yeah. he, he was essentially an opener on right. on uh in his first time out on Saturday. But Paxton, he's supposed to be the number two. Right? He at was supposed point, to be yeah. the number two. Marino's out, to, Paxton's the guy. He was supposed to be the backup to Garrett Cole. One two punch, Garrett Cole, James Paxton. And he's throwing 90 miles an he ain't hour. Healthy, man. He ain't healthy. There's something going on but, there. But for you sure. know the Yankees. They're they're as bad as they are with injuries. They're careful with injuries. And if a guy is feeling anything, if James Paxton has anything, then he's not going out there to the mound. And he's out there to the mound twice now. And he's saying my mechanics aren't right. His body language is awful. He can't top 93 miles an hour when he's supposed to be a 97, 96 mile an hour guy. He looks terrible. Terrible. When your when your mechanics aren't right and you're you're vocally admitting that your mechanics aren't right, to me that's that's part of the reason uh, why you get to that point is one you either have a you're starting too fast, right? Like we have, they they definitely started faster than they would normally because of the the whole corona. Um, but at the same time, he's coming off of an injury. He's he's you know either he's stiff. You could see him like. Even after a pitch that didn't work, like you see him on the mound, like doing the motion of a follow through, you know, with his body completely going through the pitch, like his body's not going through, like it's not, you know, he's not finishing the pitches like he wants to. That was kind of the body language that I saw with him doing the the motions that he's doing. And, you know, if there's tightness in that hip, if there's just general tightness in your body because you're not there yet, one, kind of on him. To, to not get to that point. Like, I, I don't know if the injury just completely set you back that far where you're not able to, to rehab. We had a good amount of time to do it. I know that. We talked about the back, some of those the back surgery. Videos. Huh? Yeah. The back but surgery, like, right? Yes. But, but a lot, of, I think a lot of that stiffness is going to come from lower back, hip area, like, you know, just the, the rotation, the rotation of that, where you get all of your power too. It makes sense because if the, if the um, speed isn't there, the velocity isn't there, he's not getting the same push, I would assume from his lower half. So, to me, that just either is like a guy that's fatiguing because he's not prepared uh, for the season or he's just not in shape or there's so stiffness because of all of these things. Yeah. So what do you do with him? Do you do you try and just take him out of the rotation for one time through, have him do a bullpen session, try and get get his mechanics right? Or you keep, because it's not like you can't you can't with the rosters expanded down. with the rosters expanded. You just got to keep going unless there's unless there's an injury that you can point on that that's. That is, uh, that is basically not allowing him to do the things that he needs to do. If there's something that is holding him back based on injury, then you can make an, you can do something. But if it's not, if it's just him not feeling good or not getting the full mechanics, you know, all of these things, like he's got to work through. You got to work through it, man. Like you got to take advantage of the of the um, the 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 bigger uh, roster size. 
<laughs> get, get bigger roster size and you know let him work through it and, and you know whether he's you know a quote opener and Michael King is ready to go on that day every time for the next couple of rotations until he can get his body right so be it there's not much you can do got to kind of try to get as much as you possibly can out of him but he's got to be right for this team to move forward oh absolutely and but I was going to say, there's no minor league game you can get him some work in because there's no minor leagues happening. So it's like you have to work it out at the major league level. There's no choice. That's the thing. You got to take advantage of these expanded rosters. You have guys who could get stretched out, who are stretched out, who can go uh, multiple innings. And if you got to combine on a day that he's not feeling it and you see that, um, and hopefully that, you know, each time it's it becomes less, but you know, have a guy like Michael King ready, you know, Clark Schmitz waiting in the wings, ready to go. So Paxton last year, he had the first inning troubles and we kind of talked about how, oh, maybe he's just one of these pitchers that isn't on, doesn't have his mechanics, doesn't have what he needs in the first inning. He's not ready for the game. Like a lot of power pitchers over the years have had that before. And then he seemingly would settle into the game. That's not the case now though, because he's not finding it. He's not able to find whatever it is in the second and third innings. I mean, he didn't he's, get- he's a different pitcher right now. He's a different, he's throwing 92, 93 miles an hour yeah. when he's a 96, 97 guy that, that can flash that makes it a very different look for the batter at that point. And now you're, 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 you know, dinking over 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. It's not the same. You're now you are a very different pitcher. Um, and then all of a sudden you get fly balls into, you know, center, uh, right center field that are just not caught because yeah, Hicks just, looked, Hicks looked terrible. It's almost like he was hung over. Hung it's over like he was game. scared of the wall or he was, he wasn't getting close to the warning track. Like the warning track was actually a warning for him and he stopped. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like Paxton had every right to be, you know, confused as did to why you, that ball wasn't wasn't caught. But did you hear Buster only talking about how I think he said he was like, I've talked to outfielders and they're they're saying how much of a difference it is for them because there's no action around them. There's no crowd and they're used to being able to engage in between pitches with fans in the stands. You turn around, you see what's going on in the stands, you give a little head nod. And now they're just out there picking picking daisies out in right field or out in yeah. center field. Yeah, I heard him. So what? We're bored now. We're no, that's bored. what I'm saying. Like, like really, like our attention. You're using- our attentions. We're not. Our attention is not heightened because of the fact that there's no fans in the crowd. You can't like hear people talking shit to you. You need that. Well, now maybe I mean the digital fans on the Fox broadcast on Saturday looked terrible, but maybe we need digital digital fans in the stadium for Aaron Hicks so he hey, can focus. Man of the people, Aaron Judge, even threw the digital fans a ball after he caught. Like, oh, he hit him a ball hey. too. Hit him a couple balls. Those look a ball. Those are those are atrocious. They're weird, man. I hate them. I because hate them. the cardboard the NBA cutouts, is doing something different. They're 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 doing something very different. I don't know if you've watched any of the NBA games yet. No, I I, I turned on a little bit yesterday, but it just is like it's basically just like they blacked everything out around it, and like I didn't are, see digital fans. There are digital fans. So you do you um if you pan up, it's kind of like the camera in crazies. You know how they have everything dark in them. Uh, they have the lights really low, and then on the on the bottom area that you can see the fans you, at, at the Duke um, basketball arena. Anyway, they have fans there, but they're actual fans. They're like people who who like sign up to be digital fans, and they're like sitting there, and their faces are on it, like holograms. And they, yeah, and they bring them in, so it's it's a little different. It's like engaging the the fan base. Whereas baseball, Fox decides like, yeah, let's just go full video game yeah. and bring in like the video game motions and fans, and, and except it's worse because at least in the video games you get reactions if there's a ball hit to the stands there's no reaction from these things no they're, they're just, just doing general movements yeah 
<laughs> and Rich, too Rich, many, Rich sent out too a tweet. Many Red Sox fans. Rich sent out a tweet. Was like, you've got to make this a little bit more realistic. There's no selfies of people taking uh, people taking selfies with uh, a chicken bucket. And I was like, yeah, they they need to turn the loitering setting way up. There's way too many people in their seats. <laughs> There's no one walking around. The new Yankee Stadium, standing and no standing and stopping is a thing of the past. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's one of those things. It's like I like it, but all at the same time, it's annoying. Yeah, but the uh, what I was saying is uh, for the at least for the rotation. So Paxton's been terrible. Tanaka is trying to get up up to speed essentially, and Hap again he's picked up where good. he left off not last year. Hap Hap's one of these guys you can't. I don't know if he can live in today's game. I don't know if Jay Hap can exist in today's game. If Baltimore cranks two two-run shots off you, one of which I'm like, off the bat, that shouldn't even be a home run, but it is. You have to buffer in the ball, and I just don't know if Jay Happ can live in a juice ball launch angle era. I don't think he's equipped to do it. It's completely valid because, one, he pitches up in the zone. That's what he's done for a long time. He gets those fly ball outs, a long time he's done that, and those balls are just sailing now. And he just he's pressing, and um, yeah, it's it's totally valid, man. He's not getting any younger. He's not getting any craftier with his pitches at this point. He's just uh, he's he's really going through the motions out there, and it's unfortunate uh, for us. Really, it's really good that the 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 the, the, uh, the option hasn't hit because I think that that's going to be a battle in the offseason and a battle that he's not going to win. It's not going to be good for him. It's not going to so- end up well. Do you remember at the beginning of last year, we were saying like, well, why I'm is I'm really Jay- mad that I made him a bold prediction. I'm really <laughs> mad. I don't know why I did that. I definitely choked. We're going to get an update on our bold predictions later in the show. But do you remember at the beginning of last year when we were like trying to figure out why is J-Hap struggling so badly? His spin rate's pretty much the same. His velocity's pretty much the same. Why, why is he just getting hit harder? It's the ball. It's the ball. It's we the didn't ball. Know yet. But, but, we didn't but, know yet at that point the ball was juiced. It was like, May when we were talking about this, but I really do think it's the ball with Jay Happ. I think okay, there's probably an element of the ball. There's no doubt that we've seen the the statistics of how this ball is flying out. That being said, our conversation from earlier about how these guys have have just you know changed the way that they hit the ball, changed the way they swing with the launch angle. I also think that there are just more guys now playing that game, playing that fly ball game. And and there's more guys doing it at a higher level uh, and, and doing it with more consistency and, and you know, uh, getting that bat through the zone uh, on the same plane and just teeing off on the ball. So I think that his style of pitching in today's game right now is just a bad fit, period. You know, even if the ball wasn't juiced, I still think his numbers would probably be because of every year you're seeing more and more guys embrace yeah. the launch angle. But maybe he'd be serviceable. I'm just right? saying, like it's there's there's a couple of things working against him here. It's not only the ball, it's not just I think it's, the ball, but I think it's the ball because, and then also you're seeing more and more of the batters trending in that direction. And at this point, you know, like that's a, that's been a full blown transition at this point, right? Like practically everybody is swinging, you know, with with a launch angle in mind at this point. Whereas uh, I think it's like it was a trend going into the game, and I think we're we're you know fully fully in here, fully here now with a lot of one through nine batters. Yeah, and luckily the Yankees have found the pitching depth in the bullpen, despite you know Canley's injury. They found the pitching depth to back up these poor starts. Whether it's King, Loisica, uh, Nick Nelson, okay, okay, Nick Nelson looks phenomenal. 
and, and David Hale closed that game out. They David really Hale got throwing a, in high 90s too now. They really got away with that one on Saturday night. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, they found the pitching depth to to get through these games. I just think there's going to need to be another start. Maybe it's Montgomery, right? Maybe I mean, it's, it's Montgomery. To, maybe Montgomery it, is is looks like the real deal. And now with the velocity up, he just looks really good, man. He looks poised. I love the way that he uh, that he that he just like an actual pitcher. He's not just a thrower. He is a pitcher. Fun to watch. Yeah, and and until Tanaka can work his pitch count back up to where he can be a five to six, six inning pitcher, um, but again with Tanaka, he's like we saw it on in his couple innings that. He's still soft. He's still soft stuff. And he gets swings and misses, but at the same time, he makes a mistake and it goes off the wall. Like Bogart hits a missile off the wall on on the one mistake slider I saw him make. It's like it was hit for a rocket. So that's still what Tanaka's living with as far as his stuff goes right now. Well, I mean, I don't think we were expecting him to increase his vo- Tanaka increases velocity I think that's that's a guy that we I'm not I'm not saying that people we know just, what he is we yeah, know people, what he is but people that's why I, I never and that's why he's a 500 pitcher also don't get let's no re- I know remember that's that. why Tanaka in the regular season has been an average pitcher he has stepped up in the postseason there's no if ands or buts about that like yes he's stepped up in big moments and that's great but in the regular season he's an average pitcher so uh, yeah I mean fine the do you do you think that we're feeling uh, Matt Blake or Mark Bailey or whatever his name is? Do no, you it's think Matt we're, Blake. Do you think that we're we're feeling his effect at all with some of the guys that are working? Like David Hale's velocity is up. Jordan Montgomery's velocity is I up. I think you're Maybe. giving Matt Blake too much credit if you could say that he can just. I'm just I'm asking a question. I'm just asking no, a question. You can't just boost velocity on a pitcher. Uh, they did in as Houston. The pitching coach. They did in Houston. No, they did spin rate. They boosted the velocity by by increasing the spin rate. Yes, that's my point. I'm not saying like did I'm not saying Matt Blake went and, and like you know supercharged the arm and said boo you have velocity now. He made he maybe he made some certain tweaks that they saw spin rate being one where now the, they're they're throwing the ball a little different. Maybe the grip's a little different. Maybe the you know things are a little different now. We're seeing a little bit more velocity. David Hale 96, 96 miles an hour. What? Uh, but see, I think these bullpen guys. They were always able to do that for a short sprint. Like you throw anyone in the bullpen nowadays in baseball, they're throwing 95 to 97 miles an hour. David Hale wasn't. I don't know what his velocity was last year, but I I would venture to guess it was close. So you're saying that because of the shortened season, these guys are ramping up the velocity? No, not the shortened season. I think it's just the nature of being a bullpen guy. They're instructed to throw higher. Yeah, they're instructed. You throw as hard as you can for 25 pitches. That is how we are going to maximize your value. Your value to us is max effort for 25 pitches. I mean, I guess uh, max max efficiency, though, I would argue that these... Uh, whatever that the, it is, that it's the maximize. Cool nerds, the cool nerds want to see max efficiency rather than max. Yeah, whatever the buzzword is in 2020... Yeah, that's it. It's maximize your abilities for 25 pitches instead of sustaining it for 100. No one's sustaining for 100 anymore, except unless okay, that you're, doesn't change the fact unless that you're a guy, Garrett Cole or something. Unless that you're doesn't that change the fact star. that a, a guy is throwing, you know, David Hill was what? I, I think he was like 92, 93 last year. Look it up. It takes me you don't, too long you don't, to look You don't know up. how to look it up. I'm afraid no, to a, touch my computer. It's going to just disintegrate. <laughs> the, um, but he's definitely increased. The, 
I'm not saying it's anything. It's something to look at. I think we can we can keep an eye on it because that is that is one of the things that that Matt Blake was going to be doing. He's going to be tweaking some either mechanics or the way that guys work because of certain numbers, and he's just a lot more into the technology side. But the but the fun like cool nerd technology side that I like, which is the 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 side that actually will make you a physically better player. They're looking at everything you're doing. Kind of like, um, what were they talking about last night? Oh, they were talking about J.D. Martinez. Poor J.D. Yeah, Martinez. You can't Boo. get that live video anymore. Boo-hoo. I feel so bad for these guys. They can't go get the live video uh, and, and look back. Like every Talking about a base hit up the middle where that was a, a hit and a single every decade, no matter what, every single baseball player ever. How many guys are have, have had the ability to, to look at video in game to change it like are we really going to cry about that is that the reason you're struggling because you don't have your in-game video get over it maybe that in-game video was telling them that a 2-2 curveball was coming i'm just saying yeah that should be gone because that's it, it, it just felt last night i was like i felt so much better when they said he didn't have it and then we saw what he was doing i'm like okay you know what? That feels much better. That feels much better than him watching the the strikeout that he, you know, in the third inning so that he can make a better swing in the sixth inning. Watching it and breaking it down in slow mode. Well, maybe it's, it's good for the Yankees. It just feels dirty, man. Maybe the lack of, of live video and lack of in-game information is actually good for the Yankees. It's just dumb it down and go out there and... Yeah, because our, our talent is better than anybody's. Yeah, I'll yeah. take our talent over any team on, on the uh, in MLB. Us and the Dodgers, I'd say, offensively. So as good as a week the Yankees had, I do think Boone had had some bad decisions, although they didn't really cost him this week. So you can say, well, it didn't cost him in the win-loss column. How bad were they? But leaving Loisica in for the eighth inning back on Thursday in Baltimore, I thought was a mistake. He comes out after the rain delay, Loisica does, and he tries to extend him. I didn't understand that decision. It didn't matter. Judge ends up hitting the go-ahead home run in the uh, in the ninth inning. And then on Friday, he ended up burning Britain, even though Britain didn't pitch on Friday, because he warmed up twice, which made him unavailable for the game on Saturday when we were all wondering, why the hell is David Hale out there trying to close out a game against the Red Sox when you have Britain, who didn't pitch yesterday? Well, technically he did pitch yesterday because he threw too many B-whips. And then on, and then on Sunday... I thought he left Michael King in too long. King comes in and settles the game down after after Paxton. Do you think King should have been out there for a fourth inning of work? We said no. this the last time King pitched. Yeah. Why are you trying to get an extra inning out of him? He pitched three good innings. He gave up one run. Three innings of one run ball is fine out of your middle reliever. For sure. He's getting greedy with it and, and wanted to get obviously another inning out of this uh, and it hurts your narrative. And I know I would be mad too. If, if, if that was, if that was it hurts my, my narrative and it hurts the Yankees because they had arrested out of, you know, arrested Chad green and arrested Britain. How do you not go with those guys? They wanted to see the Swiss army knife. They want to see how, uh, you know, uh, how he could be, how he could change, how he could change his mentality in different innings. You know, there's just different. We want to see it. We want to see what I'm what doing a Swiss Army here. knife with my fingers yeah, I, and a and a sound motion for those listening at home. There needs to be better Swiss Army knife gifts on Twitter. The, I saw the one. It's pretty standard. <laughs> there's only one. The um, you just need to make that into a gif. We'll make this this screenshot into a gif, and, it's, and now you have your Swiss Army knife. Look, I yeah, you should have gone out there. I I I I'm not one to to look at the uh, 
I don't know. Like at this point in the season, when you're looking at at a guy, you he's trying to test him in some ways. This didn't feel like a good spot to do that after throwing three innings, especially with the Devers, the order, like De- yeah. Devers and Bogarts coming up. Like these guys, I mean, both of those guys are top talent hitters in the league. Like you don't mess around with those guys, right? De- I mean, he makes the one mistake to Bogarts, it goes into the bleachers. He makes the one mistake to Devers. That thing brought the rain. It was hit so high. Yeah, I think it. I think it actually, you know, it was it was hit into two of into two of five beyond it into like the little gap where the uh, where everybody gets the concessions and and went all the way to uh, hit the Heineken tab. I, I think it was it was a missile and it should not have. Uh, he should not have been in the game. I agree with you. But let's hope that Booney can get these uh, these mistakes out early. So the bullpen warm-up issue, I think, is is a f- very fair criticism. Because I was arguing with people on Twitter. They were like, oh, well, he warmed up too much, so he's not available. That's a valid excuse. That's, that's fair criticism. You don't... Okay, if you know, if I warm up Britain for a second time on Friday night, he's not going to be available for Saturday's game. You put him in Friday's game. He's lost for Saturday regardless. Whether he pitches Friday in the game or not, he's lost for Saturday. So why would you not put him in the game on Friday? It's I don't it's bad management, bad bullpen management. We criticized Girardi for De, for the reason Dellen Batances' arm was falling off his shoulder every September is because he threw a billion warm-up pitches in the bullpen between April and August. That is part of bullpen management. That's why it came up. That's how we. That's how this acronym uh, was born. The the BWEPS, lowercase b, uppercase w, WPS, uppercase p, uppercase s. I, I fixed know, it in the notes. I think. Well. I think. Um, I think I might try and get Zimborski from Fangrass back on the podcast, and I need to pitch BWIPs to him. I think you do too. I think you tried at one point. I I don't remember if it was. I think he he. No, it he was like to Petri- it was to it. Petriello. Oh, that's right. But it I feel like Zimborski will be more receptive to it. I, I think you're. I think you should get him on the podcast purely for this reason. One motivation, like we'll talk some baseball, but really you're just trying to get B whips passed into the nerd community. Um, if I, I mean, it, I'm sure it's something that the nerds track, though. No, if I if I could be if I could be part of something and behind something and co-sign something that that gets into the nerd community on that side of things, I would be very happy about this. Like I, I feel like I would infiltrate that community in a way that they would not be happy. Um, but, it's like it's so little aside. It's like, that's like a Trojan Bill, horse. That's what Bill Burr said about being in the Star Wars show. He's like, I'm just the comedian out here who likes to watch sports, and I just infiltrated the nerds of Star Wars. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I show up at Comic Con, and I'm like, Hey guys, that would be <laughs> pretty much that. The, pretty much that. Yeah, reps. just trying to get in there. Just just Trojan horse my way inside there, so we can blow it up. Um, but yeah, no, it's a real thing. It is a real thing because if you're not tracking that and managing it and understanding what those are, guess what? Those, even if they're not at 100%, you know, max effort in the bullpen, you're still getting, call it 80 to 90%. Fine. Because you're not in the in game, you know, with game, uh, you know, whatever the situation is on the line. I understand that they are not full effort there, but it's still effort. It's still arm motion. It's still, you're getting warmed up. You're getting I mean, hot. You're getting Boone ready to confer- be in the game, and then you're settling down. Especially for Britain's uh, case, when you're when you're up twice, you're cooling down, and then you got to ramp back up again. Like yeah. that's a big deal. Do you remember what Trevor Bauer? He was he over the weekend. He was talking about this on Twitter about how they called one of the games like very late. Yeah, no, and I was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, but but this is a great this is a great 
great time to talk about that because these guys are getting up, they're getting hot, they're getting into a, a point where their body is ready to go compete with other professional athletes on a national stage, uh, the highest level you could possibly play this sport. And these guys are calling it eight, game, eight minutes before the game after these guys are all ready to go. What happens with the with the starting pitcher at that, on that game? He's lost. He's lost. It's, that's a big deal. So yeah, and not having confirmed this is a thing by saying Britain's not available on Saturday because he warmed up too much on Friday. So it's obviously a thing that they consider. Yes, of course it is. You're moving your arm in a way that's not natural, and 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 very violent. And it's great that the Yankees won all those games. It's like, well, scoreboard, baby, they won. So so it couldn't have hurt them that much. Well, it's the Red Sox, and they stink like shit. It's just they're so a, bad. It's pretty funny. You're like, ah, give up another run. We'll just get it back. We'll just get it back the next inning. It's fine. But but we're going to see Tampa later next weekend for four games. Four yeah. games in three days. Mm-hmm. Tampa's struggling. They just got swept by Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> So maybe this ruins my argument. Baltimore's the second best team in the division. Oof. But Woof. Woof. I'm assuming Tampa's going to turn it around because their pitching is good. And is no it? one else's no is is pitching is good. Maybe, maybe are we just uh, going to see all offense? We said we're probably going to see good pitching to start the season because the offense hasn't clicked yet. They need to get their timing right. Summer camp's not going to do it for them. We've seen the opposite. It's been all offense, not just with the Yankees across the league. Offense. I said that it, we 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 would see um, we we would see some the teams that could put bat to ball be the ones that were you know uh, be, taking advantage of things. They were talking about last night. Most the, the most home runs, the most runs have sc- scored so far this year in the beginning of, of any quote season, even though we're starting in July. But and also the the most strikeouts. So there's two things here: the 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 batters are definitely warmed up, and and two they're definitely all swinging for the fences. Everybody, <laughs> literally, just just everybody's swinging for the fences. So, um, yeah, the, the percentages are, are are telling us that when you do that, you're going to score runs. So everyone's going to do that, and the pitchers are going to struggle if they miss spots. Have you guys ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things that you would never expect at a price that you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every time uh, an item starts at $0 and then goes up from there one cent every single time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, Everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. This is something I've told you guys I have been addicted to. It's fun to to bet and uh, I have a little strategy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enlighten you a little bit. Lock in on one, one product. Lock in on that product. Be stubborn and, and go for the one that you like. If you start jumping around, spreading your bids around, chances are uh, I have not seen that, that, that tactic work. That's the way I do things. If I want something, I just sit there and I and I sit there and I uh, and, and I'm clicking on that 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 bad boy until I get it. So um, it doesn't work every time, but it does work a lot higher of a percentage time for me. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering all of our listeners at Bronx Pinstripes an extra 100 free bids upon sign up, uh, on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use promo code Bronx20 or DealDash.fm/slash Bronx20. That's DealDash.fm/slash Bronx20. Sports are back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally back. The Yankees are the best team in baseball, which is awesome. And there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. 
Check out all the odds, futures, and prop bets you can bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. Help support Bronx Pinstripes by going and checking out betonline.ag and using promo code BLUEWIRE. They've been with us all the way through quarantine, so you should be with them now. BetOnline is your online wagering experts. Just to finish a point quickly on on what I was saying before uh, before we broke, I, I think one of the also reasons we're seeing that some of the, the you know that the numbers are up offensively is is that the pitchers while maybe they're you know some of the some of the starting pitchers stuff is there we're not seeing the duration we're not seeing the length I think from a lot of these guys so we're actually seeing a lot and because the the rosters are expanded something I didn't consider is the amount of relievers that we're seeing also in the game we're seeing a lot more relievers in the game because of well the bodies are there one uh, mm-hmm. so I think managers are, are taking advantage of that just while their guys are are ramping up and at that point when you start getting relievers in there then then you know the the guys at the plate are better than the relievers for the most part for the for the vast majority of the uh the the pitchers that are coming out of the bullpen so th- there's a couple of considerations didn't they expand the 30 man roster they, they, meaning they extended the 30 man roster it was only going to be for the first two weeks of the season, but I think they extended it, I think, because they just want to have more bodies. And that's also the reason they say why they're going to do the seven-inning doubleheaders. Like, we saw the first one yesterday in yeah. the, the Reds game. Yeah. But uh, they're saying, well, just to to save pitchers in a condensed schedule, we want to do seven-inning doubleheaders. And, <clears throat> yeah, I think they're going to just cycle through as many arm, But that that means more strikeouts, like you said, because the there's more pitchers coming in throwing gas. Well, also, yeah, but not, that's not even it. There's a lot more middle relievers also. When you start getting to the 30, the, the you know, the 27, 28, 29, 30 in your roster, you're not getting the guys that are throwing gas with with max efficiency, as we were talking before, to, to use a buzzword. You're not getting the guys that are going to wipe you out. You're getting the, you know, the David Hales of the world. And unless you've no, added five miles an hour to your yeah. fastball, then you're in trouble. And that, that's a good segue into Tommy Canley, who's going to be out for the season. He's uh, headed for surgery. The last we saw him pitch was Sunday in Washington, and he was he looked filthy in Washington. So good, yeah. Such a shame. So man. he literally threw his arm out that day. I guess so. That changeup when you throw the changeup like as hard as you possibly 92 can, ninety two mile an hour changeup. Man, it's a it's a damn shame too because he looked he looked really good. Like, we, you know, we were talking about the changeup. We were kind of drooling over it just because it's such a filthy pitch. Um, and when you see a guy throwing as hard as he is, and then and then it comes out of the a hand, still still a fastball for most people, but but not. It's definitely a, a tick off. Yeah, can can, uh, can Paxton get his changeup velocity? Seriously, can we just pass that along? No, but uh, it's a shame. It's a shame to see it. Wanted to see a full a full short season of Tommy Canley. Because he's a weapon, he's a definite weapon out there, man, and that's a that's a definitely a hit to the bullpen. So he was, you know, fourth or fifth depth piece, assuming COVID, uh, assuming uh, Chapman's coming back from COVID. Chapman, Britton, Green, Ottavino, Kane. That's misleading, though. That's misleading because some of these guys have have very specific innings. You're not seeing Britton probably before the no, eighth inning because you don't Chapman use them all on the same day. So you're right. Kane the third guy on any given night because you don't use them all on the same day. I, if, just for this purpose of this discussion. 
who steps up into Canely's spot is what right. my question is going to be. Is it going to be Hale, who we saw throw 97? Nick Nelson looked really good, but he is is he more of like a, a long guy? It seems like they're going to use King for trying to stretch him out, trying to stretch King out as a if for opener situations or for um, Paxton, days. Paxton, Paxton gets crushed again. Like that's what Loisica looked really good, uh, his stuff. So maybe he plays as a late inning guy. I would like to see them trans. I would like to see them transition Loisica into that full time reliever role and stop dicking around with him, stretched out, and all these things. His stuff is so good that it plays to me, for me, much much better in the in the bullpen than it does, you know, over five to six innings of work. I, I just think he's got such an effective. He's got a you know that that high velocity fastball, the jumps, um, and. You know, in the minor leagues, this is something that's always perplexed me when he's come up. Like he, he's had some some control issues since he's been in the majors. But I mean, the guy would did not walk anybody. Did not walk anybody in the minors. Like he, well, just, he would attack hitters, obviously in the minors, right? And I think you get back to that mentality. Get back to that that attacking uh, when when you can when you can be in there for an inning and you know what you're doing. You're getting into that Tommy Kinley role where you're just going all out. Let's go. You know, chug some sparks or a four loco. I saw JJ found a four loco for. I don't know where he found that. Is it under? Is it an original it like, with alcohol? Is it in his trunk? Like, does he, does he still own the same car from college and it's like in his trunk buried somewhere like in in the spare tire? I don't know. Like you hit it from the cops one day and it's in a spare tire and all of a sudden there's a four loco. You forgot. I can see that. I had but one I don't, of those. I don't know where you get it. Otherwise, you buy it on eBay. It's like you might at this because point. I had one in original with energy Do you get arrested if alcohol. you sell a four loco across state lines on eBay? Yeah, you might get a slap on the wrist for that. You might get arrested out you'd get arrested might get arrested well you're gonna who are you selling it to depends how do you know it's ebay <laughs> um i thought the season was gonna get shut down at some point this weekend i i really did i thought we were, i thought this was gonna be the breaking point once the cardinals started testing positive a couple members of the philly staff started testing positive and there's reports that the union is talking to the uh to manfred about oh we need to do a better job or else it's gonna get shut down they're postponing dozens of games so i don't know how those all of those games are made up unless they do seven inning double headers to make them all up or we just have an imbalanced schedule but i really thought we were in for it this weekend yeah no it was it was it seems like it's it was close they're they're obviously trying to make adjustments on the fly like this is something that we've been talking about they're 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 definitely dedicated to 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 getting the season in some way somehow like they're they're really trying no matter what to get this thing in um even if they have you know cases like this or or, or spurts like this popping up where you have a, a pretty much a team decimated. I mean, and yesterday even there were more Cardinals players coming up. So I, I, I certainly don't think we're out of the woods. I think this is going to be an ongoing thing for the entire season. Um, it's just a matter of if they can actually manage it and then figure out the schedule in a way that makes it, you know, have it make sense for the end of the season for to, to actually identify who the best player, who the best teams are to, to be in the playoffs. Um, when half of your when half of the league is going to the playoffs, it makes that that task a little bit easier, I think. But um, yeah, we're we're gonna see how how they roll this thing out, man. But I, I think that they're gonna just continuously make further adjustments. Things are gonna get more strict. I, I have a feeling in the near future we're gonna see everybody with masks on the on the field. Like I just think that's gonna come uh, at some point. Or if you're in the dugout, you're wearing a mask. Like I don't know why they're not doing that now. Honestly, like just do it. Just just well, yeah. They, apparently, they're gonna increase protocols. 
makes sense. I mean, that's that's what's that's what's going to happen. You and gave, they're going to be you, visual you gave protocols. Me shit. You gave me shit for saying, oh, the players are not following the protocols on the field. But I didn't they give weren't. you shit. I, I said I, I, that that's not what I said. I said, duh, no shit, they're not. <laughs> yeah, of course they're not, because that's just always what it's going to be. I'm not saying that they were bad to have them in place. No, you should have them in place. They're not going to follow them, though. They were for well, us. If you're not going to enforce them, don't have them. I mean, here, look, and all those little other things that they're talking about, Bob Guerin on the on the uh, on the, the the broadcast talking to people, coughing to moving his mask down to cough <laughs> while he's on air. Like, what are we doing? Like, that was just, you know, microcosm of, you know, how how loose these guys are. But they're going to have to visually wear masks, I think, during the in the dugout and when they're up at up at uh, up at the plate. On first but, base. But the reality is we don't think anyone has gotten coronavirus on the field or in the dugout. It's players going to a strip club or a, a, reportedly Cardinals went to a casino. casino. So if the players are not going to be smart when they're not on the field, how are they ever going to get through a season? The players have the players. I think that's the point. If you're wearing if you're wearing a mask on the field as well, or you're doing it in the clubhouse, then even if you're dumb, you're at least lowering the risk of transmitting. You're lowering the risk, but you're still maximizing your risk by going to a casino or a strip. Club. Yeah, yeah. It's not. And a good, I understand. It's not a I good under- game to play. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I understand these things are open in these states, and it's a free country. But if you're signing up to play Major League Baseball this year, you kind of have to bubble yourself in order to ensure that you can go to work, get your paycheck. And finish a season. I'm honestly surprised that there's not more, and maybe there is, and we're just not hearing about it, but more policing of this within the own, within the teams themselves, within the guys themselves in the clubhouse. You're like, look, guys, we're all doing this together. Like, you know, I, I know that um, the league is telling us what we can and can't do based on the protocols for our health and safety. But at the same time, all of us in this room are still trying to win and want to play. Like, we need to make a pact within. Like, let's do this for us. Like, do it for your teammates, not for the league or whatever. Like, we want to stay on the field. We are damn good. We're if we don't play this year, we're losing another year of our of our peak physical ability to play baseball. Stop. Like, let's just let's let's do this for one another at some point. Like, I'm surprised that's not happening. Maybe it has. Maybe it's happening on the on the good teams, but some of the shittier teams where there's not much to play for, these guys are a little bit more, you know, loose. I would. I didn't think the Cardinals were a shitty team, though. Yeah, so the Cardinals. I, I think that's that's probably an outlier to to that argument. So, um, Commissioner Manfred said, "I'm not a quitter to the season," which I think is an odd response to this. It's like right. that's something you say if you're like, "Oh, I'm going to finish the triathlon. I'm not a quitter." Right. But to this, it's like, well, let's just look at all the data and make smart decisions and do better protocols and et cetera. But no, he's not a quitter. He's not and a tre- quitter. He's a pushover. Not a quitter. He's a pushover. Then Trevor Bauer went off on him on that tweet um he goes playbook one take no risk yourself two blame everything on the players three protect tv revenue at all costs four repeat if you thought baseball was going to cancel they have their dream scenario now because games are down player cost is down postseason games are up and tv revenue is up he's right he's, he's, he's right wrong. Nailed, hit the nail on the head with all of those things. Uh, at the same time it's also the players being stupid for why they're they're uh they're yes they're making- it's up Absolutely. They're, they're having problems. So there's a there's a double-edged sword there. Absolutely. If you have players going to clubs and going to casinos and being dumbasses off the field, you're never going to f- make this work. Both sides, both sides want to 
always push blame to the other side. It's even infuriating. Through the, through the negotiations, through all of this stuff, when in, in fact, in reality, nobody's looking in the mirror. And no one takes personal responsibility. Take some right. personal responsibility here. Baseball players, take some personal responsibility. Be smart on and off the field and don't get infected the best as you can. I understand. Yeah, you put yourself in a position. Happen. Putting right. yourself in a position to not get infected. Going to a casino does not do that for you. No. And then the league. Ensure... You do follow the protocols. Enforce the protocols that you put in place. If you have a a, a, a game that is going to have a, a hour and a half rain delay at nine o'clock, maybe move the game up an hour and a half so you don't have to do that and maximize and minimize your risk. Like I, I was talking about this for the Thursday Yankees game, right? They knew rain was coming in at nine p.m. They left the game at seven p.m. start time. Why not move it up? Who who are you in, inconveniencing to move it up? The TV crew, well, boo-hoo, move it up. Yeah, the they, players they're, they're, are already there. The TV crew's pre-game. already there. there. There's usually a bunch of nonsense on these on these regional sports networks ahead of time. Like it's not like it's programming that they can't shift, right? And, and then you don't have your guys sitting in a clubhouse for an hour and a half. I I just think Manfred says we need to be more fluid. That's something they can be more fluid with. Proactively look at what the weather forecast is for the night. Listen to the experts. I know weather oh boy, people aren't always now wrong. We're talking to weathermen, yeah. But if they say, "Oh, there's a high risk of rain at nine o'clock," move the game up to five thirty or six. It's not that hard. It's really. It not depends when you can identify when that time is because you still have to get guys ready and they have to ramp up and you don't want to rush that either because then you're risking injury. So I understand when you get within a within a you know three to four hour time frame. Like people have routines, people have things to to do on a given basis. I know. Maybe there's it's a consideration like, there. You have to make the call at. 12 that day or something which is but, which is damn near impossible to do because weather people are wrong it is. but in that pregame i was listening to that pregame susan's talking about the weather and her app in that pregame well of course she is because <laughs> she's talking to, she's looking at the she's looking at the app it's very close to the game she so called can, it at this point you can look up and tell if there's going to be there's going to be some kind of a precipitation or or anything going on with the uh with the sky not 12 o'clock earlier that day she you called know? it though. She's she's on point with that weather app. What do you can think of the national we, anthem? I was just going to say, can we talk about this? I think Susan Waldman is a freaking stud. I I I I will fight people that say anything against her. I I don't care if if John and Susan are not your flavor. You better respect the living shit out of them. John is an <laughs> old man. You still calling your baseball elders. games. And and Susan Waldman is a is a is an older woman who is still doing extremely, extremely high professional things on the mic, calling games she's been doing for a long time. And my God, can she sing? Yeah. So. And she's still got the rumble underneath that voice. I love it. You can still hear the Susan Waldman rumble that that is uh, that just you know hits you to your core. So she's a stud. Leanne obviously knows who John and Susan are because we'll listen in the car and stuff. And she because you guys kid. have big heads on your wall. <laughs> they're not on my wall anymore and i don't know where john is he got stolen too many times susan's in the apartment somewhere but she, we, i always kind of joke you know i love susan and john i i do but i also get a kick out of them and i'm not afraid to mention when i'm getting a kick out of them and so uh i'll always like impersonate john whenever we're in the car and stuff like that and i'll impersonate susan so she kind of only knows them through me as characters and then i told her Susan Waldman was singing the national anthem. She was dumbfounded. She's like, "No, what are you talking about? That's not possible." And then if I you showed, don't know that, and then if I showed you don't her the video. Yeah, she was like, "If you don't know that Susan what? Waldman could sing, and you see it, you're like, 
Yes, though. Yes. That was the, the first time I saw the one where she was singing back in the day. Uh, back in, and I, you told me about it earlier. I should have posted it. It's I couldn't in find the it. I forgot 80s about it. at Fenway Park. Yes, it was at, it was before uh, a World Series game, I think. It was in the playoffs. It was in the playoffs at some point, whatever oh, okay. it was. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. 70s. The then. fact that if oh. you don't know that Susan Waldman can sing, and then all of a sudden Susan Waldman opens the glass coming out of the, the, the press box. And she starts singing the national anthem at a very high level. That is shocking. That is shocking. <laughs> it's like it's like when the shortest, whitest guy in the basketball court ju- just jumps up and dunks it, dunks over everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's you. You need if you don't respect Susan Walden, you know, I don't understand what's wrong with you. She's it's, a badass. She's, she's a badass. She's amazing. Uh, you wanna you wanna update our bold prediction? Not update, not change them, but just get an update on our bold predictions. Yeah, see how we're doing about. Eight games into the season. Some of them were nailing, others not so much. So let's start with yours. Undefeated against Boss uh, Baltimore and Miami. So far, check two and zero on Baltimore. So Baltimore scared me for a minute there. Like little bit of little bit of a uh, little bit of doubt in my mind. And I'm like, eh, we can Is Baltimore right good though? Is Baltimore no. good? No, Baltimore's not good. They're not good. Judge 20 homers. You're on it was pace against Miami to... too, by the way. Baltimore and Miami. Right. Looking good against Miami. Chances are not gonna play them. <laughs> Judge 20 homers, you're on pace to break that by like mid next Next week. week? Yeah. <laughs> Judge is on He's fire. He's on pace for 45 home runs in a 60-game schedule, which is lunacy. Here's my my fear is that there's going to be a, a massive, horrible slump after this at some point because <laughs> that's baseball, Susan. That's yeah. what happens usually. But, but yeah, no, it's looking good right there. But yeah, that, that prediction's looking very good. And if I didn't think anyone was going to get to 20 homers in a 60-game season, but... You know, say he gets to 20, 22. I mean, that that is 30. pretty damn good. That's MVP. I think that's MVP. But if you look at the home run leaders, they're all, like the they're all up at like six. That's the thing. So taking these low numbers on a on a on a total like twenty home runs. I know we're looking at the third of a season. It just it still feels a little. It just feels so weird for me to say that that twenty home runs was the number I wanted to go higher so badly, just because twenty feels just wrong to say as a as a bold prediction for. And I know it's a third of the season, so we're we're doing math here, but um, I think he's going to annihilate it. How you feeling about your J Hap seven wins? Yeah, we still got some room for that little bit of time, a little bit of time. I think I think that. If Judge is hitting 40 home runs, that increases the odds that Jay Happ can scratch a couple wins across. That means he needs to get to the fifth inning. That is true. That's a problem. <laughs> well, unless unless we go down to seven innings, now I'm in business. Oh, yeah. I'm wonder, in business. I wonder if they're going to only do four four innings for a win on that one. Jay Happ, yeah. Jay Happ needs to be pitching on every single doubleheader. Both games. <laughs> Preferably the second game of the doubleheader. But um, yeah, not looking good on that one. That one's not looking great. And Mike Ford does not look like he'll be taking over the first base job from Voight anytime soon. Voight's actually having a pretty solid season. Hit a big home run uh, last night. Voight is hitting the ball well. Uh, Skinny Voight is starting to play. He's understanding now his uh, his strength, I think, a little bit more. So, good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay losing that one. That one was more of a feel thing. Uh, it just felt like Mike Ford was coming on. I'm, I'm, I'm still saying it's not out of the question because I think that uh, Voight is very, very, very prone to a long... Um, a long slump time. We've we've seen it in the past. And uh, if Mike Ford's still sitting there hanging out, ready to go, I think he's going to hit. So I said Andujar, 20 games start or less. And he's on pace to break that. However, 
I don't know if he's going to because he hasn't looked good at the plate in his sporadic time. And he made that atrocious error in left field. And you've seen they're not going to put him at third base. Gio Urshela is the third baseman. I mean, you you can't. No, Gio's, Gio's hitting the ball better than Andujar right now, too. Andujar is interesting for this reason. I mean, I I, I pushed back on yours. I, I didn't think it was going to happen only because of the, the different positions he was going to play. DH and left field. I think it just provides more opportunity. Um, and, and then obviously, you, you know, we don't know how injuries are going to play out and how guys are going to filter in. But I think Andujar playing sporadically is a bad thing for them and, and to his skill set. If he doesn't get... And to his value. To, if he's not getting the reps, I just he's not going to be the same batter either, I don't think. So um, he's a tough one, man. He's a tough one for for, for Boone to play with. Yeah, because and if he's, it, if he's effective, he's a he's a you know an impact bat. And it's tough in his position because the lineup is stacked and Stanton is looking great at DH. So and not, Gio offensively is looking freaking good. And and right. So and if you don't have Voigt at first base, you got Ford at first. There's no way he squeezes into the lineup and. Unlike Talkman, which was my second prediction, Talkman more games started than Gardner, which also has not happened so far. But Talkman's looked. Talkman is a player Boone wants to get in the lineup any way he can, more than Andujar, because he's versatile. He can run, he can play defense, but and that, he's a left-handed that, that, bat. That's going to go against your prediction here because I, I know because he's going to come in late in yes almost the value every for game. Talkman is that he is flexible that he yeah. can run now we're we're seeing obviously the the ability to steal a base as well uh, yeah so I think that increases his value as a guy off the bench yeah which which does hurt my hurt my argument and, you, and Brett Gardner needs four hours to get ready for this game <laughs> trust but, me trust like, me I know uh, Gardner has not looked great I know he had the one home run against yep. Boston but he hasn't looked good. He, I mean, no, I, I will push back. the The weekend he looked a lot better, much better at bats. He's taken walks. Um, he, he did just he looked more comfortable with the plate in to my eye. Yeah, as so, did Gary Sanchez. As did Gary Sanchez. So I know there was that debate of like who, yeah. who, who does it quicker. Gary Sanchez loses. isn't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, but it's a matter of you know who can find it sooner. I think first. I just right. want to be. We'll see who's right. It's really what I'm getting to. And then Michael King, the Swiss Army knife. Well, it's working as far as on Twitter. You know, we got the GIF going, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I just need a better GIF, and I think I nailed that prediction. He's just not really a Swiss Army knife. I, that's the problem. Like he's a, isn't he not a one trick pony at this point? I, by Swiss Army knife, I just meant they're going to. Swiss use Army him. knife have different, uh, uh, different uses. A, different. No, uses. no, it has different tools. That's why it's different uses. It's got different tools. It's the whole point. Oh, so then by that theory, only a position player can be a Swiss No, I mean, uh, a, a tool could be a long relief. Uh, the, exactly. The that's could what, be a short relief. A tool that's could what be I a was, start. That's what I was going for, and I thought he was going to get a couple starts. I thought they were going to use him in an opener to start. Right. So the point is that I'm trying to make is that he's actually just a long reliever so far. Maybe. <laughs> So he's just a knife. And then my playoff prediction doesn't apply because maybe he's the corkscrew. We got we got the update that they, they will not be picking their opponents. The Yankees will not be picking the twins. Maybe they'll still face the twins. And if that's the case, they'll still demolish the twins. What was your what was it? What was the actual prediction? That the Yankees because I thought the playoff format was going to be if you are a top three seed, you got to pick your opponent. And yeah. I thought the Yankees were going to be a top three seed and the twins weren't. And then they would pick the twins. However, the twins are also that was way too specific in the first place. Well, you, too, I thought we need to be specific. specific in the book. That one was way too. That one was like situationally specific, based on multiple things happening. That was just a dumb one. <laughs> All right, we uh, 
Anything else? Cespedes just rode off into the sunset. He's like, nah, I'm done. Thanks, Mets. <laughs> did you not expect? I mean, it's very on on brand for, for Cespedes. I just I mean, love how he didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, he just bails. He just bailed. It's again on brand, very much on brand. The um is there is there some contingency in his in his uh in his contract that that I don't know about because it feels like this was very calculated. Like he's gonna play X amount of games, just show that he's gonna do it so that he can get paid something. I would well, not be surprised. You know who his agent is? Also Brody Van Wagenen. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And he that, still didn't know. <laughs> that Brody, the agent, slash GM didn't even know where his client slash player went, <laughs> even though he's taken the 20% commission on the $110 million so, that so this he is a, this is a the big, will ponds of. This is an exit scam. This is what this is. Brody's like, yo, yo just show up for, you know, <laughs> seven games. And that hits X clause in this contract. You Maybe. get paid. And then you can go back to your ranch and ride the, the donkeys Try not to get kicked this but time. But if Cespedes isn't going to play this year, he could DH this year too. It's just like it's a perfect done. scenario for him. Short he's season, he's playing DH. golf, smoking cigarettes, and that's it. He's done. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. Um, the the thing we didn't really get into much, we could touch on quickly. I I know we're up against it, but the um, the doubleheaders. Do you like it? The seven inning um, doubleheaders. Do you care? People are big mad about this because it changes um, the game. It changes the game more than I would like it to change the game. But in this scenario, I think here's this. I have less of a problem with seven inning doubleheaders than I do with an imbalanced schedule. Like if it means we can get at least everyone on 60 games, then I'm cool with it. I mean, that's such a unknown though. That's such a, I know it's an unknown. Maybe they still say that you can't say that if we have seven inning games, then we will get these and you can't do that. Right. So that to me is almost like a cop out on their side if that's what they're saying. But I understand they're trying to again put themselves in situations to get to that point. But when you start manipulating the game, it's the game itself, the game inside the game, like the actual game of baseball, the the, the long the length of the individual game. Now you're just you're you're really toying with things that I don't want precedent set, and I understand that this is not a year where precedent should be set. I don't think that that's the case on on saying that they can't be set because I think that if they are on the field, if these things happen and we see them and they actually occur, then whether you want them to not be a precedent or no, they are because they happened and in time they're entrenched. So somebody can always refer to it. And, you know, circumstances change over time as far as like what the feeling was and how the, the atmosphere and like what, what the environment was like, that will all change because people's memories change and time heals all wounds and just things are different as you speak about them. But the fact that there was a seven inning game or multiple seven inning games on the books does not change. And that's not open for interpretation. What, so I don't uh, like that part of it. What would you rather have? Seven inning double headers or just they say, you know what? Teams are going to have a different amount of games played this year, and we're going to play one nine-inning game, and that's it. Just deal with it. Some teams are going to play 60. Some teams are going to play 56. Some teams are going to play maybe 52 because they got so many postponements. But we're not going to do seven-inning doubleheaders. Like, what would you rather have? They, I just think they have to, for the doubleheaders, you can't change the, I'm sorry, but when you start changing the inside the game, you're, you're messing with, uh, with, with integrity of what's happening. So you rather have an imbalanced schedule? I, here's the problem with what you're saying. Is that you cannot? You can't say one or the other. It's not. It's not. If this, then that. It's not. No, but if that's the still... goal. The goal is they do more double headers with less 
stress on the pitchers because it's two four extra innings total so they can get more games in so they can get almost every team to close to 60 games i would argue i could argue that the, the schedule is now even more imbalanced because you're shortening games could, maybe and creating up and you're creating opportunities now for a team to either win or lose a game when they normally wouldn't have look at what the yankees have been doing in the ninth inning wouldn't have that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, granted, you could say, oh, well, maybe that's just the seventh inning at this point. Well, maybe not. No, I I, I know what you're saying. I see both sides of the You're argument. not getting the same at-bats for the guys at the top of the lineup. You're not, you know, there's there's a lot of things that would We happen. don't say this for rain-shortened games, though. We're not like, well, oh, that team played a six-inning game. That doesn't count as a win. No, that's I Mother Nature saying. it's a saying, different strategy. I understand it's that's a different Mother strategy Nature saying going you in. can't play anymore you yeah, are not I know. allowed to play anymore well it's covid saying you can't play anymore no it's major league baseball changing things and playing using that so role. it sounds like you rather have an imbalanced schedule i don't again, think again, baseball it's not if this or that i would like you to try stop like sitting to try. on the fence scott pick a side i'm not i'm saying i would like you to try nine inning games i don't want seven inning games so you want them nine to play games. double nine inning games yes We've expanded the rosters for this. We have other players. You could do other tactics if you want. Make the rosters even bigger. Try that. Do whatever you want for roster. For We're going to see headers. the Yankees play seven inning games on Saturday in Tampa. They're playing a doubleheader against mm-hmm. Tampa. We're going to see what this looks like with the Yankees. It's going to feel incomplete, especially if they lose. I think we're going to like it. And do you know why I think we're going to like it? Because you want shorter games. No, that's not why. <laughs> because I think this plays into the Yankees' strength. Their strength is in their bullpen. It's not in their starting rotation. Their strength is in their bullpen and their offense. I just, here's the thing. I, I don't want it to be a precedent. I'm and fine. I, do want I, I actually, games. what? And I do want shorter games. <laughs> and you, I know. Time. I want shorter nine inning time, nine inning games, not seven inning games. I, I don't, my, my real reason why I don't like it is because I don't trust them. I don't trust the parties, the parties who are involved. Why would thing. you trust either I, of these I, sides? Exactly. But that's the point. I don't want a precedent to be sent. We know how precedent has been used in the game of baseball alone in this sport. It's been it's been like ironclad almost. Like it's such a a, a starting point or a, a point of contention or argument for people to use in whatever way they want to manipulate it. And I don't want that to be the precedent set for anything. So do I care that it's that they're doing it in this? In this particular season, not not really. Like it's it is what it is. The season is what it is. But the thing that worries me is that it's going to be used against us in some capacity later on, and this is going to be a, a real a real thing down the road. And now we're playing weekend warrior Sunday baseball like every other dude uh, that's trying to relive old glory days on eh. on, uh, on the weekends on Sundays. Eh. That's what this is. Yeah, get over it. And they they I they are better than 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 those of us who have played on Sundays. They're better. People, people get like so it. mad about everything. It's it's exhausting. Listen, I get angry over over things that annoy me, but so I guess I'm not really one to talk. Yeah, but everyone's just so butthurt I, about everything this year. It's it's really exhausting. It's not it's not so much that it's that though. It's just it's really because I don't trust baseball and and them using this as something. That I understand they're implement that, but later. I I don't know why. This season baseball, is a is a different on. thing. Fine. Let me, but. You're saying you don't want baseball to then implement seven-inning doubleheaders after the next CBA be, for whatever reason. Why would they want to, though? How does that benefit baseball? It could be a it could be a negotiation tactic from the players. 
How does that benefit the players? Not as many, not as many innings, not as many, not as much fatigue on the body. Look what the NFL is doing. They're trying to shorten the games. The owners are but, trying to add games. Like, but there's, also there's a, you could argue a, that's playing. fewer opportunities for players to get in a game. I guess with 162 games in a season, that's exactly baseball wants 162 nine inning games, one per day. That's what they want. That's how they maximize TV revenue. TV revenue is not maximized for double headers because they're usually unscheduled. So it's unscheduled TV revenue and those ratings don't do as well. So I don't understand how this benefits baseball in the long term, unless I'm just not seeing something. It's just, however, you know, whatever lawyer is going to manipulate it in a way that's going to make it benefit them because it will be, I mean, the owners may say, yeah, let's have a little bit shorter game so we don't have to pay them as much money. Now I don't have to pay some of these high, high cost relievers as much money because the starters theoretically are getting deeper in the games. I don't know. So God, Garrett Cole, I, I believe give me, give me Cole. like, give me like two hours and I'll give you a, a I'll give you a lawyer's case against this because there's a way to do it. I, I saw, um, so Garrett Cole's pitching Monday, right? Tonight? Is Cole's turn? Yes. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he's going to pitch in one of those double headers. What you're going to hopefully see is him go seven innings, complete game, and then you got a fully locked and loaded bullpen for game two. Cool. I think it's going to be cool. All right. That's I mean, it. We'd win that game anyway, so let's play the other two. That's it. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, go check out Deal Dash and go check out Bet Online. Any last words, Scott? No, man. Keep, no, everybody, uh, wear a mask. Don't uh, don't be stupid. And I'm talking to the baseball players here, not the people listening to our show. I mean, you guys too. But um, we want to keep the product on the field. Let's go. Keep going. Keep this thing moving. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.